is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Hello there, and welcome to episode 96 of the Eavesdrop Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shalana Battle. I am so excited to introduce the guest for this episode. She is none other than Melissa Crook. She is the host of the Feel podcast, that is F-E-E-L. And you'll learn a little bit more about what the Feel means as you listen to the podcast. Melissa is passionate about women's health and encouraging women to maintain healthy boundaries and to engage in self-care. But most of all, her podcast community has provided a safe space for women to begin to embrace who they are from the inside out. According to Melissa, she is passionate, driven, loyal, fierce, and brave. She believes in justice. She believes in mercy, equality, and empathy for all. She has a strong desire for all of God's creations to know their undeniable worth and value just as they were made. And this was quoted from her beautiful website. I am so ecstatic to have her on the show today. On this episode, we will discuss what it means to have layers in life, how we can embrace our own layers, and discuss barriers to embracing these layers. And then we talk about so much more. You definitely want to tune in, and I hope that you are ready for this power-packed episode. Are you ready? If so, here is the conversation. I am so pleased and honored to have Melissa Crook on the show today. She is the host of the FEEL podcast, that is F-E-E-L, that is an acronym that stands for Finding Empowerment and Embracing Layers. I love that name. I love it. And I loved it so much. I thought we should explore what embracing layers really means. And I love that you are here today to lead us in this conversation. Now, before we get into the conversation, I want to break the ice a little bit with the game of this or that. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. The way you play this or that is I will mention two options and you have to pick one option and tell us why you chose it. And mm. these options are pretty tricky okay <laughs> so all right let's see what i made up here more about you yes <laughs> oh. all right so the first question is big party or small gathering i would say small gathering which most people who know me would have thought over my lifetime i would have been big party i would say over the last three years i've become more small gathering i just maybe it's getting older but i just really want to be in intimate spaces with people I really love and enjoy and feel safe with and can have really like authentic conversations with. And I feel like that's 
and being really intentional about the people I'm in the room with. So okay. I would, so that, and that's changed for me. I used to be a big space, but I would say now I'm more the smaller. Yes. And I love that. I think I'm there with you. I used to like to be amongst big crowds, but now I just like to be around my friends and people who really have my back and have yeah. my best interest. Right. So I definitely agree with the small gathering. Now, fiction or nonfiction? I'm a nonfiction girl. And now there are some fictions that I have dove into over the years that once I got into them, I'm like, I probably shouldn't read more fiction, but I have loved history ever since I was a little girl. Like my first books were in second grade. I was the one looking for the autobiographies. Amelia <laughs> Earhart was like the first book I read. And I was just always fascinated with history and the nonfiction and things that you can learn from. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I love people's stories. I'm really always interested in the background of a story, like movies. I'm drawn to oh, true yeah. stories. Mm -hmm. and, and just, I think those are so fascinating. And so, yeah, nonfiction. Yeah, me too. Nonfiction. I'm really big on mysteries. <laughs> mm, oh, wow. So you're like a 48 hours kind yes. of guy. All right. Okay. Big on documentaries that talk about history and really yeah. big on mysteries and trying to solve the crime, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. That is me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, there's some of those that are very fascinating that like, I'll yeah. watch if like, I have three daughters and they'll be like, oh, have you watched? You got to check this out. You're not going <laughs> to believe this. I'm like, all right. But yeah, that's, it's funny. But one of mine is a 48 hours kind of junkie. And so I was like, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, you can't sleep tonight. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So bird singing or sounds of the ocean? Sounds of the ocean. I yes. love the ocean. <laughs> I, I, no one's shocked to hear me. Say, I mean, there's two or three places on earth that I can go and be very present, like, and just be in the moment. It's by the ocean, by a, like a mountain lake, or just in the mountains themselves. Mm -hmm. We're up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and love the lakes, the mountains of the ocean, but the, yeah, the ocean. I mean, the birds are nice. Yeah. I hear them every morning, but the ocean is where I just uh, kind of mm -hmm. washes all my cares away. Yeah. I love the ocean too. I'm not really a bird person. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I, I will say me too. We have birds that are constantly trying to nest above our door. So we have all of these like owl hanging things just trying mm -hmm. to keep the birds away because the first year we were in this house, we didn't know that. And so all of a sudden mm -hmm. there's these birds above like the doorway and the little birdies are trying to fly and they're falling out of the nest. Oh no. And we're like traumatized by these little, <laughs> we're like, don't build here. This is like, this is reckless. This is not a good place for your babies. So, uh, so we have a whole new bird story over the last four years, but I'm sure you do because, uh I mean, they're beautiful creatures. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But I'm not into hearing chirping at six, seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> when I'm trying Saturday to get that morning. last bit of sleep. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So the sounds of the ocean is definitely relaxing. So singing or dancing? 
I love both. I like, I am a total sing in the car at the top of my lungs person, but I also love a good dance party, like mm -hmm. a good, get me to a good wedding reception or some kind of gathering where there's a lot of dancing. And mm -hmm. that's, that's total fun too. Singing probably gets a slight thing. Cause I've sang just for, I've been singing ever since I was a little girl. Yeah. And so singing's probably gets a slight nod, but I'm all about both of those things. Okay, so I, I can let you have both. Okay, give me that. Can you give me this and that? <laughs> yes, I'll give you this and that. <laughs> so mine probably would be singing, just because I think singing is very relaxing. I love music. I love going to musicals. Mm, um, me too. It is a very good way to be expressive. And so can dancing yeah. can be very expressive too. But if I had to do one, I would rather sing than dance. Yeah. I'm not really a good dancer. Me too. <laughs> Same. It, you, I mean, I'm not going to win the voice or idol, but I can carry a tune. And it's right. probably more pleasant for you to hear me sing than it is for you to watch me dance. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> me too. <laughs> okay. So text or call? I do a lot more texting these days because of convenience, but, mm. but I love a good like catch up phone call with mm. my daughters or my girlfriend and just girl and just sit down with them and catch up and just really kind of dive into it. I need to make more time for it because yeah. I feel like the calling is more intentional. You just can only communicate so much through a text in terms right. of you know tone of voice and, mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. So I would say calling is my preference, but I tend to text more than I call because of convenience. Exactly. And I'm right there with you. I text a lot and now I'm getting to a point where I don't return texts as often. I know. <laughs> and I think it's yeah. just because I'm just so busy and the same thing yeah. with emails. I'm trying to get better, but I'm also trying to get better with calling and having intentional conversations and yeah. checking on those who I haven't heard from in a while yeah. that's important to do you know if COVID didn't teach us anything it, it's basically oh. to cherish your loved ones and Absolutely. you know show love all the time so yeah. I think you can be a little bit more affectionate through a phone call than you can a text message Absolutely. you know I love you sounds better than reading it it does. And it shows the person <laughs> that you're willing to take the time, that they're important enough to you to take the time to, to spend that time with them too, yeah. I think. There's yeah. an intentionality involved in that, I think. Yes. Okay. And so the last one is road trip or plane trip. Our family loves a good road trip. We have mm -hmm. driven all over the country. I've been to 48 of the 50 states. My husband's been to 50. Our girls have all been to 40 five to 48 states depending on mm -hmm. age they were and when they stopped going on road trips with yeah. us they're all in their 20s now <laughs> so our, our youngest is at 48 because she just was home longer but we mm -hmm. drove we drove all over the place we loved to drive we did a cross-country trip with our girls when they were all in high school it was a three-week trip we went from coast to coast and um, so I love a good road trip I will say as I'm getting older and that I probably don't love them quite as much as I used to, but I still, there's something about getting out on the road and just seeing new places can't get to if you fly over them. I yep. mean, you know, I think there's something about that. We like to go to the new places and look up like local restaurants or local coffee places or microbreweries mm -hmm. that we can go check out and just get the vibe of the place. And so that's something we've really loved. 
Yeah, same here. I think it's more scenic and you learn more yeah. about where you live. You, you do. Live in a, a really big country with a lot to do, a lot to offer. And yeah. I think you see more and you learn more by just driving through like different cities. So yeah. I agree with you. Absolutely. No. Yeah, oh, that's been our experience right. too. So now that we've gotten to know a little bit more about you, I do want you to just introduce yourself a little more and talk about your inspiration behind the Phil podcast. Okay. I'm 53 years old and I've worked in a variety of areas throughout my life. I started out as a human resources person right out of college in the early nineties and did that um, until our third daughter was born. And then I was privileged enough to be able to take 10 years off and did the whole PTA mom thing. But during that time, I was also very involved in women's issues. I've always, ever since I was a little girl, I've been passionate about women's issues, women's health, giving women a voice. I think this comes from, I grew up in an environment where women didn't have a lot of voice. And so I was always very determined that I was going to be an advocate and proponent of that whenever the opportunity arose, whether it was underprivileged situations or just women's rights, health, what's best for them in general. So that's been a consistent theme throughout my life. Went back to work when after about 10 years back in the business sector again, and then started working when we moved to Chicago, we've lived all over the country. So we moved to Chicago in 2014 and I got involved in anti-human trafficking movement that my church at the time was really involved in. And then when we lived in New York, I got involved with a, a place called Her Story. And it's where it's a place that gives voice to voices you wouldn't hear from otherwise, the underprivileged voices, but it's memoir writing. And it, if you participate, then you're writing a memoir about your story, about whatever you want to share about that, but you're also listening to other people's. And it was such a powerful lesson in the power of story and what you could learn from people when you would just sit down and listen to their story and let them and have that, how that could build a bridge. I will tell you my experience with them changed my life. It changed the way I vote. It changed the way I see the world. It changed the way I see uh, how I interact with people who have a different background for me. It was very transformational. And just after that time, we moved to where we are now in West Texas. And my husband's in higher ed administration. So we've lived all over and worked at all these universities across the country. My work's always been pretty mobile, movable. I'm pretty extroverted. I can get out there and kind of figure something out wherever I'm at. But I got here and I started having issues with physical health, what I thought was physical health, but it was actually a combination of emotional and mental health that had not been dealt with or processed over the years that was showing up physically in my body in combination with menopause. And so I started taking a deep dive into that, got back into therapy, started really deconstructing my faith and what impact the lack of working through all the different experiences, traumas, and emotions had done to me. I'd been taking care of people since I was 10 years old. And I think that happens a lot with women in our culture. And we are asked to take care, step up. We do, we put on the armor and we march forward and we take care of everybody else. And we don't stop and take care of ourselves. We're all running ourselves ragged, but we believe the lie that self-care is selfish. We believe the lie that it's selfish to put ourselves first. We don't realize. And when you stop and think about it, if you take the time to fill your cup up, you're automatically going to not only be a better version of yourself, but be better for the people that you are trying to love on and take care of and show up for. 
And so I just determined I like to talk. And I think a podcast can be a way of like, I know a lot of women across the country and we've got to start talking about this. And so that's what led to me wanting to start this podcast is like, I'm going to gather the women I know and meet other women I don't know, like you and I met through following each other. And we've got a like-minded message here and we can, we have some things to share with our audience. We can really help each other and support each other. And, and so yeah, I started diving into it. I'm like, it's time to have these conversations. It's time to take the stigma off self-care. It's time to take the stigma off healthy boundaries and saying no and knowing what your limits are. It's time to start making those connections between emotional, mental, and physical health. They are connected. It's time to start talking about how we process through all those emotions that we haven't processed through, that we trust our bodies. We are told if you grew up in any kind of a faith space, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, probably 90s too, and even in 2000s. I mean, you heard this story, at least in the faith spaces I was in, that your body, don't listen to your body, your mind will lead you astray, you're sinful, and you can't trust yourself, and all these things, when in fact, what I have learned is, actually, if you believe in God, which I do believe in God, but my way I see God's very different than what it has been. God gave me this body and tools within this body. And I need to trust that this creation was made to be for me. And it's been giving me clues for years, but because I didn't trust it, I didn't listen. And so I was like, let's go, let's have these conversations. And so I started reaching out to people I knew and like, we created the talking points because those are through my journey and through working with the two young women that helped me found the podcast. We decided these are the things that if we, we feel like through our experiences, if we can talk about healthy boundaries living out of our own expectations versus others, embracing all of our layers, setting healthy boundaries, unapologetically living for and advocating for each other instead of being pitted against each other, which is what the culture will try to do to tear us down, tear us apart, keep us from being a force. We got to start talking about this stuff and taking the stigma off it and all that's wrapped up within that. And so that's what drove me to start this podcast and it's been the most fascinating, wonderful journey of my life. I learned so much from the people I talked to. And it became this idea of having these conversations. And it's moved into this whole, whole space of learning. Because not no woman has the same experience, especially women that don't look like each other, women that come from different socioeconomic backgrounds, faith spaces, parts of the country. We are not a monolith. And in order for us to show up for each other and support each other, we have to not only own and understand our own story, but each other's. So we know how to show up for each other. I like that. I think when we as women have a better understanding of our cultures, where we come from, our backgrounds, I really think that we can show up and just support each other a little better. And I like the space that you are giving women to be able to do that and connect and just learn more about caring for themselves. Now, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is in your title of your podcast, the Phil podcast, mm -hmm. embracing layers is part of that acronym. Yeah. And so I wanted to explore the meaning of embracing layers and where are you coming from when you say embracing layers? Well, it's something that I've learned the last four years. I couldn't, mm -hmm. didn't even know that that was a thing that I knew about or could em embrace, for lack of a better word. But what I learned is I started it unpacking my life and my story and my past. I basically, it was like peeling back 
the layers of an onion. And I kept getting to more stuff that either I didn't know about myself that was still bothering me, that was affecting me or things that I loved about myself that I was learning that it was okay to accept. That's actually a good thing. You were told to tone that down. No, that's part of who you are. You can celebrate that. And so it became this journey of finding out all these, as I pulled back one layer, something else would expose itself that either needed to be walked through and acknowledged and dealt with to see if the thinking that I had about the thing was coming from a healthy space or whether it needed to be taken apart and so that I could get it to a healthy space. And so it just became this journey of embracing all the parts of me, all of my experiences, all of the things that have both happened to me and how I've responded, whether it was right or wrong, good or bad, but I can't show up for myself authentically and really prioritize myself if I only like parts of myself, because social media has done a lot of this whole shiny thing on the surface thing. And there's more to us than that. And hard stuff is hard. And I don't prescribe to the fact that everything happens for a reason. Sometimes crappy stuff just happens, but I do believe that we have a choice and how we walk it out and how we face it and how we walk through it. And what do we learn from that? And also giving ourselves grace because we are learners and, or we should be learners. Not everybody chooses that route. That is a route I have chosen. And so they gave ourselves grace for what we didn't know then when we did make those mistakes or those choices, being accountable. For the space I was in at the time, that's where I was. Those are the choices I made. I know better now. I own that, but I can move forward from that, but also not beat myself up, live in shame, try to hide things. And so it became a story of me unpacking things that I had hidden from people, lied about because I was afraid of how it would be perceived. And not, I'm not talking about like big, scary lies, but just things that I just didn't want people to know about me. So I had kept them packed away and it became kind of this unfolding. And each time I kind of opened a layer and shared, it became, I felt more free. I felt more like myself. I started trusting my intuition. I started trusting that the way I've always wanted to show up for women, and I'm very justice-minded. I'm very about showing up and giving everybody a voice about everybody being treated with humanity. And so speaking up and saying those things. And for a lot of years, I was, I was in church spaces where what the church was telling me conflicted with what my inner knowing was telling me. And so I had to pull out that human part of the church that wasn't really how God made me to be. And yeah. that's, and the that's layer... a process too, because mm -hmm. when you come up, underneath a certain religion because I think spirituality and religion is totally different yeah and sometimes when we get caught up with the religious aspect of church I mean it can ground us in a way but it can also when we start to develop our own personal values and things of that nature there mm -hmm. can be a conflict and it could be yeah. hard for you to grow and start to embrace those layers just because of some of the foundations that you've had because of religion that definitely does take a lot of time. And that can be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's check out the woman being podcast. They're talking about yeah. that whole thing right now. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a whole podcast. <laughs> because yeah. And so that's, so that was my journey. And through that, mm -hmm. I was, that's how we came up with the embracing layers concept. Mm -hmm. And I love that because as you mentioned before, it is difficult to love everything about you mm -hmm. when you are up against 
society, when you're up against yeah. social media or up against the opinions of other people, yeah. um, it's hard to sometimes look at yourself and say, okay, I'm going to accept the good, the bad and the ugly. But mm -hmm. if that is what makes you who you are, then it's a beautiful thing to accept it. It's yeah. a beautiful thing to embrace those things. Yeah, because life is a beautiful mess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just is. Life is a beautiful mess. And what I learned is you can't have all the joy without also allowing space mm -hmm. for all the pain, but you don't have to stuff the pain. Um, exactly. I don't I don't believe in the concept of good or bad emotions. Emotions mm -hmm. are emotions. They're indicators, they're clues to tell us that something's going on with us, a mm -hmm. joyful thing or a sad thing or a hard thing or whatever it is, exciting, nervous, you know, all those kinds of things, they're there to let us know and be indicators. And so that's part of the layers process too, is I think taking that stigma off of, of emotions. Yes, yes. And how can we discover our true self and then become comfortable with embracing who we are? So we just talked about accepting those layers that we have but mm -hmm. how can we become comfortable with embracing it because some of us are like okay that sounds <laughs> I, nice that sounds nice and everything but yeah. I can't fit this dress that I just bought <laughs> I and I'm really <laughs> mad about it and I'm really upset about it so how yeah. can we just become comfortable in our own skin and embrace everything about sure. ourselves yeah, that's a good question. I'm in process. All these things I talk mm -hmm. about today, I'm in process. I firmly believe we are, it's things that are put in our lap are the things that sometimes we have to work on. Mm -hmm. yeah. But for me, it became about living out of my own expectations versus others' expectations. Mm -hmm. I was involved in a lot of very codependent relationships. And so I had to pull back from that once I was able to name that mm -hmm. and start defining what are my expectations actually and how many of these expectations that I'm calling mine are actually other people's that I've just adapted because I found that I didn't really know I'd been living by so many other people's definitions of what was right primarily church and faith spaces and those places that I occupied that I hadn't really stopped to think no what are, what am I hearing because your inner knowing will tell you, you will have peace or not and Sometimes if it's in conflict with what people's expectations are of what we should be doing, then we'll ignore it and we'll continue to live out of someone else's. And you can't get to know yourself until you, so you first have to, and it's hard because it's very humbling and very kind of like, oh my gosh. I mean, I would not have told you that I was someone that lived out of anybody else's expectations five years ago. I've always been very vocal and very shared my opinions. But what I found is a lot of those opinions were the opinions I was told I was supposed to have. And they weren't the ones that I actually, when I sat down, when I pulled back all the layers, when I deconstructed my faith, when I started listening and trusting my body, then I was able to pull back and define my expectations or someone else's. And then it became a function of communicating those, communicating what to other people and that was kind of where the boundaries came in for me is I had to make some really hard decisions about spaces and places and relationships that were not serving me in a healthy way anymore. And I also, and that's still a process. And also for the ones that I cite are still safe, but they're safe with some parameters. Like 
there's certain conversations I just won't engage in with you anymore because you just want to argue with me. You don't want to actually have a conversation where we're curious and we're learning. So I've put boundaries around in certain spaces about what I will discuss, what I will bring up, what topics I will engage in in that moment, in that space, and how much time I'll allow myself in that space. I listen to my body. My body will tell me if it's emotionally safe for me to be in that space. But it's hard and you have to be willing to go there. And you have to be willing to, but I'm telling you, if you ever want to get to a space where you really feel confident showing up for yourself, then that's the journey. And And for me, it started with defining my expectations versus others and making sure that I'm living out of mine. Right. Defining your own expectations. And that is a process as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like you mentioned before, as we grow up, as we are around our different environments, we just basically adapt to the expectations of other people, you know, that yeah. they put on us and then we put it on other people, but we have to figure out what our own expectations are. And then setting those boundaries is very important. And setting boundaries can also be very hard, especially yeah. if you are a people pleaser, as we kind of go back mm-hmm. to what we were talking about before, where yep. women are naturally trying to please everyone, especially mm-hmm. If we're caregivers, we're making sure everyone else is okay and we're not really making sure that we're okay. So it's hard to set those boundaries, but it's so important to be able to do that and know how to set clear boundaries as well too. (laughs) Yeah, and if that can be hard because people are, again, it goes back to people are used Mm -hmm. to you showing up in a certain way. So when you make those changes and a lot of times Mm -hmm. either sometimes they'll accept it or they'll be defensive about it. And you have to learn that, that's their response based mm. on their own stories that they have going on with them. That is, and now you need to do it kindly. You can do mm. it. You can be firm and kind. I mean, you know, yeah. that is, you don't have to be bullish and rude and those, abrupt mm. about it. But also you may have to say them a few times because you can settle in your mind. You got it all set, but it's a whole other game to go <laughs> and communicate that. Sometimes have to communicate that over again and mm. what you For me, what I've learned is like, I have learned who's actually really for me. I have learned about the people that are going to show up for me no matter what. And they're happy for me to be on this journey. And or if even if they have, they don't quite understand it, they'll ask questions and be curious. And we may not come to an agreement on something, but there's an understanding. We can talk about it and still have a relationship. But that's been an interesting thing because I think, that we think relationships, all relationships are supposed to be forever. And if something goes wrong, then, oh my gosh, it's bad. What happened? And some relationships are for a season and because people just grow and change and it doesn't have to be bad or ugly or mean anybody Mm -hmm. did anything wrong. We just Mm -hmm. change. And I think that, so it's all plays off of each other, but it's, it, you know, it's Mm -hmm. all connected, but for me, the journey started with examining Whose life was I living? Was I living? Yeah. 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 That is so important. And it's something that we all have to sit back and evaluate at some point because you don't want to go through life, living a life that you didn't want to live. You don't want to go through life, working a career because your parents thought that 
it was the best thing for you. You know, you want yeah. to be able to walk in your own shoes, make your own decisions and walk your own path. And yeah. so at some point it is important to stop and just reflect and go through all of those layers again, mm-hmm. reflect like, where am I right now? Am I where I really want to be? Is this who I am? And that is a process and that takes time too. Yeah, which goes into the next topic, basically self-discovery. So I wanted to know your opinion on what are some barriers to self-discovery? We've already established that it's important to sit down and try to discover what you want and discover Mm -hmm. all of those layers. But what are some barriers that might keep us from being able to do that? Well, I think there's a couple of barriers. I think one, it goes back to trusting ourselves and like listening to your inner knowing and trusting that's okay. Trusting it's not selfish and really getting rid of all of those voices in our heads that we have been fed all these years about whatever space we're in. I mean, and it varies and it varies based on, like I talked about earlier, where you grew up, race comes into play, socioeconomic comes to play, all those things. So taking that look at, Hey, what am I being told here? And what am I deconstructing and what's getting in the way of this? And so first and foremost, listening and learning to trust yourself and trusting that what you're, I, I don't know how to say it, your body will tell you, you'll have an inner peace or you won't. And it goes back to, I know this is going to sound redundant, but it goes back to those expectations. You cannot discover yourself if you are not willing to release other people's ideas about you that you don't actually think are you. And people, especially people, like I said, who are accustomed to you showing up a certain way, they're going to speak up. They're going, if if this is hindering them in some way or hindering how you show up for them or how they want you to show up for them, they're going to speak up and they're going to push back. And so that's when you have to really be like, listen, I hear you, but I feel like for all these years, I have not been living out of my own self. I've been living out what everybody else wanted from me. And so I need to find my own voice. I mean, if you would have asked me five years ago, what was I passionate about? What did I want to do next? As my girls were growing up and heading out the door, I'm like, I have no idea. All I knew was that I was showing up every day. I, I had a lot of foreboding joy. And I'm like, I should be more content than I am, what is getting in my way. And that's when the journey began of like, you know, and so those are the barriers that get in the way of other people's opinions, other people voicing their opinions, your lack of comfort. And it's going to be uncomfortable with some people. Like I said, you learn who the people are that are going to be your people and show up for you. But for the people that you thought were your people, or even if they just are struggling with this, they're going to push back. They're going to say things that sound hurtful. What's wrong with you? What's happened to you? You've changed. I'm like, no, I'm just not showing up as by your expectation. I'm showing up as act. This is who I've always been, but it's never been allowed to be let out because I've been following the messages from society, from culture, from the space I was living in that it wasn't okay for me to show up that way. But guess what? I have no peace. I have no contentment because I haven't been living as my true self. And so love you. And I appreciate your feedback. I hope that you love me enough to allow me the space to do this and find out who I truly am. And what would you say to someone who 
you know, may want to start this self-discovery journey and they just don't know where to start. Because I think Mm -hmm. that's a big thing too, you know, Um, you know, I've been this way forever and I Mm -hmm. know that there's more to me. Like, where do I start? What would you say to that person? For me, it started with writing. I started, and this was, I worked out really well. I was in my, this Hearst, working with this Hearst story group at the time. And I started, and so through that group, I started writing. And this is where the journey first began. I started seeing the spaces that I was showing up as who everybody wanted me to be. And I'm like, why did I do that? That's not who I truly feel. So now if you don't have to go to a memoir class, it can be just be journaling, start writing down. I start out every morning with, what am I feeling today? If you can't name what you're feeling, then that's a place to start. I'm like, okay, am I afraid to name emotions? Have I been told my emotions are bad? Have I been told that there's not space for these emotions? They're not allowed here. And you start, you know, that, and then it starts going to, okay, do I feel bad because that's what I expect of myself or what I've been told, but journal, like writing things out, a verbal journal is really powerful too. If you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling discontentment for me, I'll just record myself talking and talking, trying to talk through. And eventually I, a lot of times I will get to it. I will be able to work it out through a verbal journal. So I strong for me, writing, journaling and therapy. It never hurts. No, for me, big believer in it. Yes. Yeah. For me, therapy was the, I did the, I was doing the other things already. I was doing Mm -hmm. them and that opened the door for me to see my discontentment. Yeah. But then I need, I just needed a little help. I needed a little guidance Mm -hmm. in that getting to that next step of it's okay to pull back and look at these things and question whether it's you or things people expect from you. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. That's not selfish. You're just trying to get to who you actually are. So that for me, for me came in therapy and being willing to, to take accountability for the things and choices I made, but also Mm -hmm. give myself a ton of grace. We have got to see ourselves and talk to ourselves the Mm -hmm. way we would talk to our best friend um, or our partner. So changing the language in our heads of like, you say something and it's so automatic. So that's the other thing I started doing too, is I started writing down all of the negative language that was going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And that was so eye-opening because yeah. I, I didn't think I was, <laughs> I didn't think I was doing that. So, you know, and, but yeah, that yeah, it creates are, the an awareness when you, it, journal, does. it does, it creates an awareness and it's tangible so that everything yeah. is not just in your head and the things that you're thinking about, you're putting it on paper, mm-hmm. it's tangible, you can see it and you can become more aware of your feelings. Another thing that I was thinking of with trying to learn how to go on that self-discovery journey is some individuals are very like complacent because they get into a habit they go to work they go home Mm -hmm. you know and that's basically their routine and I think when you're on a self-discovery journey you have to really branch out more and do more and explore more because I think the more that you explore the more that you see I think you learn more about yourself through different things so if you're a person who generally doesn't like to read 
force yourself to read a book, you never know, you might learn something in there about yourself. Yeah. Or if you're a person that, you know, really doesn't like to travel, get out and explore different places. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I, will tell you, I will tell you the complacency thing is a really big thing to pay attention to. We are really good at getting comfortable. And I yeah. will tell you, we, we lived in Spokane, Washington for nine years. We had a life there. We were comfortable there, but it was a pretty like, a lot of people that looked like us, not a lot of, you know, diversity mm-hmm. in thought or anything mm-hmm. and moved to Chicago and then lived in New York. But that moved to Chicago in just moving to a different part of the country, living in a bigger city space, mm-hmm. it, living, you know, being, having our kids in a more diverse high school in all forms, religion, ethnicity, the whole nine yards. That was an eye opener for us. So I would, so the travel piece, I'm not saying you got to move. We've moved 11 times. I'm not telling you got to move across, but be willing to travel and be challenge yourself. Get on the train in Chicago and figure out how to navigate it and learn how to be in space with people who look different than you, who have a different background Mm -hmm. than you. Be a learner, be curious. If something bothers you, and I think this is something that I'm going to, I'm going to call out white people right now because I'm a white person and I'm going to call out white people but when you get uncomfortable with something when you feel defensive instead of thinking that is some self-righteous right or speaking in you question it like Mm -hmm. why is that making me so defensive why is someone challenging my idea or way of being and we're all guilty of this as human but we're seeing this a lot Mm -hmm. right now in our country question that because learn and like dig into that a little bit what is where does that come from and I think we Mm -hmm. can all do that but if you're going to really get into self-discovery you've got to be willing to challenge yourself you have to Mm -hmm. be willing to put yourself in spaces that feel a little uncomfortable and if you start feeling uncomfortable then question that what is why am I feeling uncomfortable what is it about this comment this space these people that's getting to me and and dig into that and see where it's come what is that rooted in is it rooted Mm -hmm. in any kind of truth or is it just rooted in unfamiliarity and fear Mm -hmm. of not understanding or not knowing so that's a really long answer to that but I think that no because it's not a simple answer it's not a simple way to do it and I think it should be done individually like each person has their own way or own path to self-discovery but I think that you listed a lot of ideas that can definitely get that person started yeah so yeah so now the I think we pretty much touched on this a little bit but I just want to reiterate like what makes up the layers of our lives we said culture and religion sometimes and I think it's the space, the home you grow up in, the school you go to, mm-hmm. what happens in those spaces? Were you allowed to express yourself freely or was that not allowed? Did anybody ask you about how you were feeling, uh, you know, as a child and even mm-hmm. growing up as a woman? Did anyone stop and ask you as a woman how you were feeling, what your opinion was, what you care about? Because that forms how you see yourself mm-hmm. and how you're willing to speak up in a room or not show up in a room or not feel like Mm -hmm. there's a space for you or not. And then, you know, what it becomes too, is if you don't deal with those things, they will come up. That's what I found for me is they came up later. So that's, Oh, okay. I mean, 
people say, oh, it's too hard to point to that. No, it's not. (laughs) Your mind is developing and you can get stuck. If there's a space that something happened to you as a kid and you never walked out, whatever that impact left, you can get stuck there. And so Mm -hmm. you get defensive about something in a certain way. You're going to react as that six-year-old because you never walked out what it was you couldn't say. Hey, you got in trouble for spilling the milk at the you know, kitchen table instead of being like, kids spill milk, clean it up. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an explosion and you got sent to your mm-hmm. room. I mean, all those things build up these layers of what we believe about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then it's the unpacking process. And I think sometimes when people see layers, they're like, oh gosh, all my garbage, mm-hmm. all my baggage, mm-hmm. all my baggage. <laughs> You can view it that way. That's choice. I tend, I like to take just kind of a neutral. It's how we're made. Some of the things are good things. Some of the things are bad things, but the package as a whole is Mm -hmm. a beautiful mess. I am a beautiful mess. Yes. So it doesn't have, I think all of us have layers and it's all about just embracing them and becoming comfortable with them because I think the just as well as the positive things have made us who we are today. I think the negative things are, or the things that we may perceive as negative uh, have also brought us to where we are today. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I, I think as people Mm -hmm. pleasers, sometimes we can be great employees. We are going to get it there. We're going to get things done. We're going to make sure everybody's happy. Now, what you have to step back and look like, wait a minute here. Okay, where is this showing up in an unhealthy way? Because all the best (laughs) things can show up as all the worst things. But so, yeah, and you know, that part of me allowed me to really shine here. I just need to Mm -hmm. tweak this a little and make sure that I'm shining here because I believe in myself and I'm confident because mm-hmm. I'm afraid of getting in trouble or being disciplined or having somebody be disappointed in me. Right. It's really just reframing the thinking. Okay, what got me here? Okay, I can still live in this space. I just need to make sure I'm coming at it from a healthy angle right. rather than this angle that I used to come at it with. Yes. Yeah. So now with all that being said, do you have a quote or a story or an affirmation that you live by that has guided you throughout your career, throughout your life? I think my biggest, my favorite affirmation to get and to give is to be told, wow, you really are curious. You're really an engaged learner. Because I think as women, we're used to getting a lot of compliments and comments about our appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, about our smile or how oh, you're so nice. It, not that you can't be nice, but I think mm-hmm. we get too. So not that though you don't want to say, oh, what a nice dress. But how about if you really call out something that you notice about me as a person, about how I showed up in a room mm-hmm. and, and how my ideas were presented and how my countenance in terms of confidence and feeling like I am for you and that I've got your back. How did I show up? And so I love hearing those types of things. So I loved your curiosity today, even especially if someone, I have a young team. So I allow, we talk a lot about like, don't be afraid to fail here. Don't be afraid Mm -hmm. to try something new. If it doesn't work, okay, we just won't do it again. Mm -hmm. But I want this to be a space for you to practice and feel comfortable in throwing some things out there. And if it doesn't work, we'll talk about it. We can fix it and adjust it accordingly. So also like if they've, if they've taken that big swing and maybe it didn't quite go, 
I love your curiosity about that. I love your bravery and your courage and how you showed up in that situation that you felt like you had enough in you to try and you trusted me in this environment enough to know that it was safe for you Mm -hmm. to do that. I'm a big Brene Brown fan. Oh yes, me too. (laughs) I'm a big Brene Brown fan. I am all about the authenticity Mm -hmm. and the vulnerability because at the end of the day, if you really, all these things we've talked about, if you want to unpack your layers, Mm -hmm. you want to really break down who you are and pull back and go on a self-discovery journey, you are going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable if authenticity and vulnerability Mm -hmm. is comfortable because it's courageous to do that, but it's hard, but you can't get there if you won't go there. When she went off and stopped her podcast, I cried. I was like, I understand why you did it. I understand (laughs) when you need time and space. There's a lot of haters. They don't don't want to understand your work. They don't like you challenging them. Oh my gosh, I need you. Um, No, so we have all of her books and both my husband and Mm -hmm. I have both used her work in our workspaces over the years because there's so many tools in there, but it's that authenticity, vulnerability. But I love, I one of my, if you ask me my greatest attribute is mm-hmm. that I know that I will never arrive I, in terms of, I will, in terms of, I'm always going to be learning. I'm always going to be impacting yeah. something, mm-hmm. some way about myself that I can show up differently, show up better because just because of the nature of the world we live mm-hmm. in and so much, I mean, we live in a country where we've been told a lot of untruths about our yep. history and we've been, we have systems that are based on those untruths and biases. And so I, as a white, cis, very privileged middle-class woman, I got to be willing to unpack that and own that, Mm -hmm. know that it's going to take a lifetime. And so what more can I learn? How much more can I challenge myself? And I've been in, I've been in that space for about the last nine years and it's a continual journey. It is. It's true. All throughout our lives, we should be still learning. Yes. So we should still be learning and growing. There's no such thing as you stop learning because you're at this age. No. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's what I feel like. I'm, I'm 53 and I feel like a lot of people get to 50 and mm-hmm. 60 and they kind of spit their feet in and get mm-hmm. set in their ways. I saw it with generations ahead of me. I'm like, I know so much more now in terms of 50s are kind of a weird time because I feel more creative and more like myself than I ever have in my life. And there's mm-hmm. also a lot of weird things going on. We're dealing right. with a lot of our parents are aging and in-laws are aging. We're mm-hmm. dealing with role reversals of taking care of them. There, mm-hmm. Our kids are growing up and leaving and going to college and leaving college and getting married and yeah. we're going into these new phases <laughs> and with our partners, if we have a partner or not. I mean, so there's a lot happening emotions wise. But I would not, in terms of who I am as a person right now and what I believe about myself, what I know about myself, I wouldn't go back to my 30s or 40s to save my life. I am so much more Mm. in touch with who I am today than I have ever been. And I'll be more in touch 10 years ago as long as I stay intentional, as long as I don't get comfortable, as long as I'm willing to keep doing the work of staying curious and growing and evolving. Yes. And so... For women who are just embarking on their journey to embrace their layers and want to learn more about how they can become part of the community that you are providing, Mm -hmm. that space that you are providing, how can they learn more about you and your podcast and just learn more about how to connect with you? 
Absolutely. So go to embracinglayers.com. At embracinglayers.com, you're going to find episodes. You're going to find blogs about the episodes and newsletters. You're going to find out our link tree with all of our social media spaces, mm-hmm. how you can engage with us. We also have a sub stack that we've just started. If you really want to get involved in our community, you get first look at blogs, you get first look at newsletters, and we have some exciting new things coming this summer that you're going to get to have some input on. We're in the process of converting the podcast to book form. We're in the process of redoing our logo. We're in the process of, I have very talented people on my staff creating a, a, a song specifically for our podcast. And you're going to get wow. to have input <laughs> on, we're going to present some ideas on our Substack members and it's free. We're going to have mm-hmm. a chance to vote and have some input on that. So I invite everybody to the Substack and then go into our, but go into our episodes. My goal is we're at about 66 episodes right now. And as a woman, you should, <clears throat> hopefully you can find at least one, if not multiple episodes where you can hear other women's journeys and every woman's journey is different. I learned something from every single person I talk to that mm-hmm. can really help you when you hear somebody that comes from a similar background than you, they might have some really helpful advice that you're like, I've been, I can't get over the hump. I can't break this down. I don't know what to do. You may hear what their experience and be like, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. I also challenge you to listen to somebody you don't think you could learn anything from. Because I'll tell mm-hmm. you, some of our 20-somethings are the wisest guests we have. And and they are their walks are incredible. And and you should definitely... So go in there and listen to the episodes. Bring a pencil and paper. There are timestamps if you... Because we break down timestamps by our talking points. If you've got a mm-hmm. talking point, let's say I've listened to that episode. I don't need to listen to the full episode today. But I'm really having trouble with boundaries. Go into episodes and find the timestamps that talk about boundaries and listen to those parts of the episodes. Go into the parts that talk about expectations. Everybody's got a different take on it and yeah. everybody's got a different viewpoint. And there's so much good, so much good in those. But those are the ways to engage. And like I said, mm-hmm. um, you'll see all our social media. You can interact with us that way. But um, yeah, we want to have as many people on this journey with us having these conversations and feeling safe and and empowered to have right. these conversations and give us a put if you see something that you're like you know they haven't talked about this let us know send us a dm get in our sub stack and leave us a note we're open we want to engage and we'd love to have you Yes. And I can attest, I've been on your website and I've been going through all of your resources and you all are doing some wonderful things. And I think everyone who is listening today needs to hurry up and go join the Phil podcast community, because I I have a feeling that you're going to be doing even more greater things. I'm proud of you. And I just thank you for reaching out. I thank you for connecting with me. I know that we will definitely probably be working together Again, actually, I'm going to yep. be in your podcast. You are. You next week, same time, same place. Yes, same We're going to have a conversation. Place. Absolutely. <laughs> but thank you again for being here. And thank you again Absolutely. for just having a conversation about embracing layers. I think it's definitely a much needed conversation. As women, it's definitely hard for us to embrace ourselves as we are. And it's so important to be able to learn to do this. And I'm just glad that you're here to have the conversation. Thank you so much, Dr. Battle. I appreciate it. I love what you're doing. I'm like halfway through your podcast. 
I love love the resources. I can't wait to share those with our community. So right back at you. So honored to be here with you today. All right. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you so much for listening to the eavesdrop podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I pray that you learned something new. Be sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider rating the show. Rating the show will make it more visible to women who may need to hear this information. Also, share the podcast with your friends and family. Keep in touch with the podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You may reach out to me at drshalanavattle at gmail.com for any questions, concerns, or if you want to suggest a show topic. Well, until the next episode, be well, be whole, and be blessed. Bye.